Murphy. Good afternoon. You are listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM, the best little station in the nation. Thank you so much for being out there. We are so ready to start this weekend. Keep 88.5 on 
as your soundtrack for this weekend. I know everybody's going to be jamming with fun music, fun stuff all day, all weekend long. Happy weekend. You are listening to WMNF. This show is called Art in Your Ear. My name is Joel Anshilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the most. I'm so happy that you're listening. Thank you for being out there. Hey, tell a friend. Tune in. We're going to have fun. We are going to have fun. I have a fun show today. We're going to be talking to uh, the history, the museum, um, excuse me, the the St. Petersburg Museum of History with Rufaris. And we have so much to talk about. They, um, it's interesting, St. Pete has become a much more lively, vibrant town. And the museum has also become much more like this super fun place to hang out at. So we're going to be putting those two things together in just a few minutes. I want to let you know some other things going on real quickly. Do you know that September 3rd, is National Cinema Day. If you go to either the Art in Your Ear Facebook page or just go to nationalcinemaday.org, you will find out that all over this country for all types of movies, they have a very low cost for all movies all over to celebrate movie theaters. And I am on board with celebrating movie theaters. I think that's pretty cool. Also, I have another little piece of good news. The Florida Arts and Cultural Grants have given uh, $3.3 million to Hillsborough County for artists and arts and cultural organizations. Almost 40 different arts and cultural organizations and individuals will be uh, sharing that $3.3 million. So that's a nice injection into the arts uh, for thus. So, hey, it's nice to see something good that our state government has done. <laughs> I will not comment further. Um, anyway, uh, we've got some great music for you coming up. The next song is something I just heard the other day, and uh, I, I just, it's usually not the type of music I, I'm a person listening to. I've got a lot of that on this, but, uh, but it's by Riley Downing, and it's a beautiful song called Deep Breath, and we're going to play it while we get set up in here. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you want to get in touch, send us an email, dj at wmnf.org, or send a text, 813-433-0885.
So that was, again, Riley Downing uh, and with a song called Deep Breath. Deep Breath. So we are going to take, which mic are you on? We're going to take a deep (laughs) breath. (sighs) Happy Friday, everybody. I am so excited. Uh, Let's see if I can actually say, you know, um, you may not know this about me, but everybody who listens to the show does know that it's impossible for me to pronounce anyone's name correctly. But So let's see. We have the executive director of the St. Petersburg Museum of History, Rui Farias, on... Oh my gosh, that was really good. Woo-hoo! Yes, I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming in. Long time no see. Long time. So I'm excited that you're here. The museum, uh, it's really funny. Now, this was sort of in a, um, it was in, I think, maybe one of your promo pieces or something, but it's actually very true that that the museum has sort of reflected the culture and the um, the mood, in a way, of St. Pete. In its 100-year history, you guys turned 100 years old earlier this year. Uh, you've been, um, you know, I think sometimes people have been like, oh, it's the museum. They're fine. They're nice. When people were saying that about St. Pete. And then exactly. they're sort of they're like, oh, let's meet at the museum because it's a party spot, <laughs> which is what they're saying about the museum right now. So has, you know, how long have you been involved with the museum? Um, I've been there probably uh, about six or seven years. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the last, you know, definitely like the last 10 years, but especially in the last five or six years, there's been so many changes in St. Pete and you guys have sort of walked along with that. Um, What's, as the executive director, like what's what's the priority in that for you? Is it like, yeah, we want to be the party museum of St. Pete. I mean, is that? Of course we do. Because, <laughs> you, know, the, you, know, we, you know, like you said, we're 100 years old, right? And, and people kind of, you know, saw us as this place where we, you know, store all the cool old history things of the city. Two-headed which, cow. Which we do. Yeah, the two-headed cow <laughs> and an Egyptian mummy, correct, right? Which we still do, of course, right? right? Um, but to me, I guess that it was the the change the turn is when i noticed all the cool uh little independent shops in and around Central Avenue and all of a sudden they started selling t-shirts with like historic St. Pete things on them. Mm. I'm like, wow, our history, which people didn't even want to talk about right in the 80s and 90s, right? I'm like, holy cow, like it, it's actually popular now. Right. And, you know, me, I, I've, uh, I've just retired from teaching history for 20 years at St. Pete High and I've always thought that history was the, the most thing ever. Mm-hmm. And so our goal basically is to, to share that philosophy with the people to show that our history, the history of our city is actually really cool and really bizarre. And let's share it with everybody. Have some fun. We are. And it is. I mean, you're in, the building was an aquarium, I think. Was that what I read? Like an abandoned aquarium? Yeah. The original building was an aquarium, you know, tourist attraction that that got destroyed or damaged um, in the 1921 hurricane. Uh, Mary Wheeler Eaton, 
um, who, and it's funny, as we dig deeper in our city's history and we discover all these things, Mary Wheeler Eaton pretty much shows up everywhere in our mm-hmm. city. So she was one of these you know, uh, pioneering ladies of St. Petersburg that pretty much told everybody what to do and got her way. Um, so she, she convinced the city to, uh, to give them the land and they bought the building and they created our first museum. So the museum that's there now, our actual structure, was rebuilt in 1950 and then mm-hmm. expanded from that point forward. Right. So we've not stopped expanding since 1952, actually. So. And, and you do have a big expansion coming, but the, you just brought up something which is so interesting to me because, you know, the Museum of Fine Arts was really driven by one of the local women mm-hmm. and doing that. And that would be, uh, and I think several years ago, and this is going back several, several years, I think you had sort of an exhibition about women leadership in, in St. Pete, but I'm going to advocate for that coming up again because that's a really interesting thing with a woman making sure that you're, you know, starting your museum, the, you know, a bunch of different museums. And it happens today. There's women that are founding museums today. So that, that's really cool. Listeners, we're speaking with Rui from the St. Petersburg Museum of History. Uh, So you also kind of dropped a knowledge bomb on me out in the lobby. Uh, You guys have, again, February 11th, my best friend's birthday, 20, um, I mean, uh, 1922, uh, the museum was founded and, and started. And you were saying that in the 1920s, St. Petersburg was really known as an art town. We were. Uh, and, and there were, like, for instance, there was the Winter Art School that was located pretty much where the Cape Pot tree is the, mm-hmm. next to, to MFA right there in Straub Park. Um, and it was the winter home for a number of artists throughout the country who would, you know, get out of the cold right. to the north in the winter, right, and come here and enjoy the Florida sunshine. Well, it became this winter art school, and a number of artists um, ended up moving here, um, or at least for the winter, moved mm-hmm. here, um, that were really well-known. That And so we were known as this this artist community long before, you know, the, the current you know, right. craziness of this arts mecca that we've become. So, so we've been hipsters several times. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so cool. And then that leads me, and I know we're kind of jumping all over, and I'm, sure. um, but that leads me to something that you also told me, which I did not know about, about because St. Pete Museum of History has, and something I love about it, which apparently everyone does talking to you, is are the, the photographic um you know, the evidence of who we were and who we are. You know, over the years, seeing uh, photos of the same storefront change or the same block, you know, central block, central, you know, between 4th and 5th Street has been so many different things and so important to people over the years. And at the museum, you sort of get that sense of uh, ebbing and flowing. So you have that archival thing for the city overall, but now there's an art archival project happening can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. Because it sounds sort of amazing and right up my listener's alley. So we've always been um, the archives of our city's history. Even before the building opened, the Historical Society uh, was actually formed nearly two years prior to the opening where you know Mary Wheeler Eaton and her friends all started collecting uh, you know, objects, documents, everything about the city's history um, to document, document the history. So we've always been the archives. And if you go upstairs to our archives, which is open to the public, um, um, you know, there's everything from the cool Sanborn insurance maps to images and maps and you know thousands of photographs and postcards that document the growth of St. Petersburg. What people didn't realize, and we talked about it a second ago, is you know the, the the actual history of the arts community in the city. And I mean, we've grown to this incredible right, community of the arts, yet no one's actually 
recorded any of this history. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I wish I could claim it was my idea. It wasn't. This is, this is an idea of a collaboration of some great artistic minds um, that came together you know, and said, hey, why don't we actually do this? Why don't we figure out like, how it started and just archive all the history? So that's the project that we're taking on now. Wow, I probably can contribute some stuff to that. Good, good. <laughs> I know, I keep on thinking there's like globe stuff I should give to the museum, you know, yes, so I don't just definitely. sit and have it all my life. Um, so that sounds wonderful. So when you were, like, when you look at what was um, kept as a historian, you know, uh, sometimes cities edit out, uh, self-edit the ugly parts of them, mm -hmm. you know, and certainly uh, right now, one of the projects I'm working on is, is stuff having to do with the gas plant redevelopment and, um, you know, and how that was just sort of tore apart the black community there and stuff like that. So as a, as a historian, when you're looking back at that stuff, how do you want the, the museum to reflect all the history of St. Pete, not a selected history? Exactly that. We want it to reflect all the history of the city. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer, and I think we all are at the Museum of History, that you know, we, we, you can't cleanse history. You know, like, like any city, there's going to be some really fun, amazing historical mm -hmm. facts, and there's going to be some things that you look at and go, how did this happen? Mm -hmm. And I mean, our city is no different. And you know, a prime um, exa example of that is you know, the green benches of St. Petersburg. And like everything in history, there's two sides to the story. So, you know, we have a green bench on display in the museum because part of the story, you know, the green benches represented hospitality and tourism and, you know, community. The other side of it is it also representative, you know, represented the whole Jim Crow era and segregation. Mm -hmm. So we tell both stories with with that exhibit. Right. And that's very, very true. And I, you know, again, like you have the Manhattan Casino, which has gone through a lot of different changes. And for a while, it was just sort of not in the talking points. And, and then it was. And it was such a important um, fulcrum of culture, not just in St. Pete, but for a lot of the South, you know, or South or Florida, the West Coast of Florida, where there was a, a place where uh, entertainers could entertain black crowds as well correct, as white crowds, correct. you know, so that's wonderful. We're um, speaking with Rui Farias about the St. Petersburg Museum of History. So we talked a little bit about the past and we're going to go into some other things with the, with the past, but also uh, you all have a, um, a, a project right now of, you know, trying to get, trying to expand, trying to build. And one of the interesting things about the building that you are building towards is Yala Ford's artwork on there. Mm -hmm. um, and does that go around all four, all four sides? It does. Oh, actually, three sides. Three Sorry. sides. So we're, we're building an 11,000 square foot expansion to the museum, hope, you know, breaking ground, hopefully in spring of 2023. The developers tell me, or the contractors tell me, it'll <laughs> take 10 side. months. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah right. right. We know how Add this works, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly, right. So, but we'll be breaking down in 2023 uh, uh, on this expansion. And um, it's basically, the, the ground floor um, will be a Visit St. Pete Clearwater. The, our, the county's official welcome center will mm -hmm. be on our ground floor, along with a museum gift shop. And this is, thing. listeners, if you don't know where the museum is, which I should have said, it's on the approach to the pier. So 2nd right. Avenue, Northeast, and um, not Beach Drive, what's... Uh, Bayshore. Bayshore Drive. So it's right there. Like, if you ever go to the pier or go to Little St. Mary's, <laughs> you know, that's... We're right next to Comfort right Station, to number one. Yes, yeah. Yeah, we're the... after. 
it's little St. Mary's where the first thing you see on, 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 on the pier. So <laughs> we, uh, so that, like I said, the first floor would be a welcome center, the official welcome center, because I mean, 2 million people a year walk up and down that road, right? right? Um, it will also have a museum gift shop. The second floor uh, is going to be a, a 4,000 square foot exhibit space. And uh, on top of that, we're actually building a rooftop terrace that's going to be used for special events and you know parties and stuff parties. like that. <laughs> right. So I know ba- you guys parties. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, we like parties. All right. So, but basically, it's you know it's an eleven thousand square foot rectangular box, mm-hmm. and out of concrete, no windows except for the bottom floor, no windows, you know, no exposure. That's what you want because right. that second floor is going to hold a lot of our archives and. Artifacts right. and exhibits, light and, coming in oh, there. or rain or anything <laughs> right. else, right? So we were looking at the design, thinking, okay, it's a big, ugly concrete rectangular box. So we're just going to paint it. What are we going to do with it? And you know, the architect came up with a couple ideas, um, and then one day. In walked Yala Ford into my office, who I'd heard of but never met. She's fantastic. Uh, oh my gosh, she's amazing. So, you know, she said, I have an idea. And I'm like, okay. She goes, but I need your archives. So she actually went up to our archives and spent some days there doing some research and then came back, you know, I don't know, a couple of weeks later and said, this is my plan. And I'm looking at the design. I'm like, okay, it's, it's cool. It looks really cool, but I don't really get it. And then she mm-hmm. told me what it was. And then it's like somebody hit me with a hammer. Um, you know, so she took, it's called Intersections. And it'll probably be the, you know, the second largest piece of public art in the city next to right, the piece that's on the pier. Um, and uh, so she took an 1891 Florida railroad map and turned it on its side. And you know, it's her interpretation of wow. that railroad map because when you, and she discovered this, when you look back at Florida history and you know, being a Florida historian teaching, you know, I've taught Florida history and, and we'd love to share these stories that everything from the Spanish arriving right, to going to the moon came in and out of Florida. Mm -hmm. So the birth of the United States really is Florida. And Mm -hmm. no one ever tells that story. Our our history kind of gets ignored, you know, Jamestown and Boston and Philly and everything else. Right, yeah, the Spanish were here 100 years before. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, St. Augustine, so an entire generation of of Spaniards were born, you know, lived and died in Florida before Jamestown ever became Jamestown, right? So she called this thing intersections because we were the true... Everything came through Florida. And so we were the true birthplace. Everything intersected in Florida. Mm-hmm. Perfect, right? So the artwork is, is fabulous. Um, and so you know, I took it to my board and there was just lots of oohs and ahs and it was approved immediately. Um, and, but now we're taking it one step further because <laughs> I, I'm not a technology guy, right? I, you know, I'm, I'm just a history geek. And uh, so now we're talking to the folks who do know technology that are able to embed uh, Behind the artwork, you know these these electronic pieces where you can walk with your phone mm-hmm. and you can pull up videos and photos and stories. So it's almost like an outdoor walking history museum before you even walking. Ah, oh, that's wonderful. So it's gonna be it's gonna be spectacular. That is amazing. And the thing about that, I mean, because the the railroads were sort of like what the internet was. You know, they completely Correct. changed how things happened in the country. All of a sudden, there were connections that there had not been connections before, and things could move from a place to a place that. Maybe you would have done before, but it would have taken too long. It wouldn't have been worth it. But then all of a sudden, the railroad started going across America. And was it Flag- Henry Flagler that brought the mm-hmm. railroads down to South Florida? 
And you know, plant, Florida's came over plant, yeah. and they came over to um, west coast of Florida, and then all of a sudden it was changed. I mean, I really have sort of, uh, and I'm this is not my original idea, but looking at the railroads as as sort of the you know first World Wide Web, you know. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so that's absolutely. that. So to have that, and then to have that uh, that digital component to it. Is it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. So, uh, dear listener, we are talking about uh, what's coming up with the museum, the uh, St. Petersburg Museum of History, and it sounds like a lot. One of the things that I did want to cover, too, was uh, because I've gone to two of these, uh, and it was the uh, Drinks with the Historians. Drinks, am I saying that happy right? Hour, happy hour. Happy hour. It is drinks, yes. It's happy hour with historian. Yeah. And I barely drink, and that's <laughs> what I remember. So uh, and so that, you know, you've got, I should pull it up. I know you've got Brandy Stark coming up. We do. Um, you've got, let's, you, know, you have other, I'll, I'll get to that to your listener and do that. But will you talk a little bit about wh- where that came from? And uh, I see Rachel Sanderson is the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did that idea come from? And and. Why does it have to be, do they talk about um, specific slices of history of St. Pete? So what are they, like when you go to happy hour, <laughs> where you don't have to drink alcohol. No, you don't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, what, what, what do you want people to walk away with so, from those? Where, how come, who's, setting, who's setting those up and why are they setting those so, up? So most museums have historical lecture series, right? And and unfortunately, you know, when you talk about a historical lecture series, most people think back to their 11th grade U.S. history class and they start going, oh no, right? Because they remember, you know, that. Um, and since so, you taught yeah, history, so, you know how to make it fun. Which, would, which <laughs> angered me, right? Um, so, but I do have to give a shout out to our historian and curator, Nevin Sittler, who actually came up with the idea for Happy Hour with the Historian. And we sat down, I'm like, oh my God, this would be perfect. So we took elements of not just St. Pete, but Florida history that we thought are incredibly intriguing and fun mm-hmm. and found the speakers, the authors. and brought, I mean, we've had people talk about the cults of Florida. We've had people, I mean, there's just been such a wide range of think, speakers. I feel like I went to the one that was about the castles. Was it about the castles? It was like weird architecture in, right. in Florida. Right. And that's where I was like, I want to go to those castles. Because <laughs> I mean, a lot of times people see things and they're like, I I had no idea this was in Florida. And, you know, so th- those are the type of authors and historians that we've brought to, uh, you know, that we've, we've brought to the museum for this series. Incredibly popular, always sells out, you know, packed room, um, and just it, it, it makes history fun and approachable. Is there, you know, I mean, and we are talking a lot about the fun stuff, and I do, we, you also have a shuffleboard event fundraiser coming up that I do want to touch on, but... Um, is that the historian, the, the, the history teacher in you? Like, history is fun. I mean, there's very serious parts, but history is fun, and history is fascinating and interesting. I mean, what, how, do, how does your personal history influence what you're doing at the museum and what you want the museum to do? Um, I think a lot, and and the the amazing thing is the, the the staff there, right? That when we get together and talk about upcoming exhibits or happy hour speakers or you know whatever, I think we're pretty much all on the same page that we love history, um, and to us, I mean, history is uh, not just fun, but incredibly entertaining and informative, um, and we kind of take it personally when other people don't feel that way. <laughs> so I, I wanted to make sure that, and, and, the, and we all, I said, we're all on the same page there along, along with my board who's given us great support uh, on this. That, you know, we wanted to make sure that when people came to the museum, they would learn, they'd be entertained, 
they would share the stuff that they learned with their friends and their family and they'd want to come back. Mm-hmm. And and those are those are our main goals there. So but going back a little bit more to what you've done, like teaching history at what level? High school? High school. Yes. High school. So a notoriously uh difficult crowd uh, with some kids absolutely probably loving history, maybe not the exact history you're teaching, but loving history, but a lot of people ready to do something else. So what, you know, if you want to get teenagers and kids and, uh, and their families and what, were there some lessons that you brought with me? Like, oh, we've got to present it this way, or we've got to present it that way. Or were, was everyone at the museum already doing it? Like, oh, I don't need to tell them anything. I'll, I'll give you a great example. So we're, we're working on, um, as we said earlier, we, we have an Egyptian mummy, right? <laughs> at, at, at the museum. So My God, kids love the mummy yeah, and the cow. Everyone. We probably went like five times a year to visit the okay, so this mummy is, and the cow. This is a little sidebar here. So when we were doing some renovations, the cow, the two-headed calf was actually in my office <laughs> because of, there was no place to put it, right? I can't tell you how many times I got calls from the front desk saying, you know, there's a customer here who's brought their grandkids and they want to see the calf. So it was just a nonstop parade of people coming into my <laughs> office to see the two-headed calf. Right? But the, Did it ever creep you out? Like no, staring not, at you or not anything? Not at all, not at all. So the the I, I guess that what would... I've wanted to do was turn, and I'll tell you what the hardest thing is. So the in our expansion, that second floor is going to have an exhibit called Explore Florida. And it's going to be an exhibit that talks about Florida history and how St. Petersburg and Pinellas County and the Tampa area related to that history, mm-hmm. right? So when we talk about trains, it won't just be about the Orange Belt Railway. It'll be about plants train and flagless train, that type of thing. So the hardest thing uh, I think that we're facing is to, how do you build an exhibit like that? that is educational because we have a great relationship with Pinellas County Schools. So we're building, and while I was still teaching, I was helping write the curriculum for Florida history for all Pinellas mm-hmm. County Schools. So, you know, how, how do you create an exhibit that is that is teachable so kids could use it in their classroom, entertaining for smaller kids, right? Entertaining for adults and seniors. So, I mean, all in mm-hmm. one exhibit, that's like the hardest thing. So it's it truly almost is like taking a classroom in, in a learning situation where you have this, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, right. point in each part of the exhibit. And layers, you know, layers, exactly. everything has layers. Here's the, here's the little kids layer. So it's clear for them. Here's the teens layer. So they're interested and here's the parents layer. So they're like, Oh, I can use, I can use, I can use, you know, exactly. Like that. exactly. That's wonderful. I love having that. Um, so cool. So uh, listeners, we're speaking with uh, Rui Farias up from the St. Petersburg Museum of History. Uh, I don't want to forget to do this because I feel like your um, your people would be mad at me. So let's just really quickly touch on cocktails. Everyone's going to think I'm a slut. <laughs> Cocktails on the Court, uh, which is on Saturday, September 24th at the Shuffleboard Court, same day as the record sale. So everybody can go to the record sale and then go to Cocktails on the Court were you to be that type of person to want to do that. So Cocktails on the Court is kind of like a 50s uh, 50s themed Mm -hmm. party because it's you guys. Talk about that. Why why are you choosing that theme? Why Shuffleboard? (laughs) Every every it seems like every you know nonprofit throughout the years has always had some sort of black tie event, including us to ra- you know to to raise funds as a fundraiser for for their organization. So we used to do the same thing for the museum, and uh, you know the the 
my my board forms these committees to help with the different aspects of the museum and, and the events committee was like, you know, we're kind of, everyone's kind of tired of these black tie things. And the whole idea came out to, why don't we just do something with the shuffleboard club? So, you know, we met with them and we came up with this idea. So live music, so that we have the black honkies playing. They're um, fun. They're, they played one of our birthday really parties. fun, yes. So there's live music. Um, there's, you know, all you can drink. Florida cocktails, all you can drink or you can eat Florida food. Um, there's, there's, we're having a, a pretty cool silent auction with a bunch of local artists. We have live paintings there. So, the, and the whole thing is like the vintage 1950s, early 60s Florida tourism, because that's like the golden mm-hmm. age of Florida tourism, you know, with the roadside attractions and all those cool things. So, you know, we came up with this idea and it was a hit from opening day. Because people had fun, we were able to use it, you know, to raise some some much needed funding. But it was just a different type of fundraising mm-hmm. event. So, and people can dress up. They can. In nineteen fifties, early sixties, kind of party outfits. Yes, absolutely. And and I, you know, we we varied from it last year because it was to celebrate our hundredth birthday. So we had a nineteen twenties version, and people showed up dressed up, you know, in the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they can definitely show up. They can definitely, you know, dress, and you know, of course, you have to have that cool, you know, madman looking nineteen fifties <laughs> you know, leisure wear. Um, but I do, I have heard that there may be some guest appearances by Marilyn Monroe, who's going to show up because she hasn't been the same Pete, you know, since her and Joe came here, right, in the late 50s. And Elvis, right, oh who God. appeared in the same Pete in 1956. I understand that he's coming back to do something there. So we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> um, that's fun. That is actually is fun. And the shuffleboards are, you know, again, something else in St. Pete that was sort of, uh, you know, put into the box of, oh, this is what, you know, this is old fashioned. And then, you know, 20 years ago, all of a sudden wasn't started to not be old fashioned anymore. Uh, And I think uh, as a historian, I kind of want to talk a little bit about that, get on a little bit of a bigger fun subject, is that sort of the cycles that a city goes through and the cycles that a community goes through um, and how people regard, like, is there a certain amount of years that have to pass to start regarding something as cool again? Like, does is that a natural cycle where something's cool and then it's pedestrian and then it's bad and then all of a sudden it's like cultishly cool and cool for everybody? Have you, I mean, I don't know if that's the right cycle because I'm just spitballing here, but, you know, have you seen that uh, in knowing the history of St. Pete? Have you seen that with the museum? Have you seen that as a history person, like the cycles? I, I yes. And, and uh, so uh, I moved here in 1967. Right, and, and we. I grew up downtown. My family owned a couple of businesses downtown, so we saw uh, the tail end of the you know the golden age of you know the retirement visitor era, you know snowbirds, mm-hmm. to the awfulness of downtown St. Pete. Um, I mean, I, I remember, and I tell the story all the time. My first job was downtown. When I was working for the Festival Estates. And uh, our office was in Bayfront Tower, and I would leave my office, and I could drive down First Street about 90 miles an hour <laughs> and not even worry about hitting anybody because right, yeah. there's nobody downtown. Um, so this, to see what has happened now to people like myself and you know, folks that are older than me that have been here all their lives, they can't believe it. I mean, and this is something that we had dreamed of and talked about and figured out mm-hmm. how to you know, do, and it it just exploded. So um, there was a cycle, of, you know, where St. Pete was really cool. But think about it. In the 1920s, we were party city. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had, it was during Prohibition. Babe Ruth was hanging right? out. <laughs> you know, it was during Prohibition, but we had drinking wherever you wanted to drink. We had dancing, right? We had nude sunbathing on Spot Beach. We had illegal <laughs> gambling. So we were like Sin City before Vegas, right? And it went from that to, you know, this retirement village mm-hmm. and then to a completely dead downtown back to what it is now. So 
let's hope and let's just hope that there's no more cycle. Right. <laughs> well, I think also, you know, because even in, you know, so in the, uh, 1999, I opened a business in downtown. But before that, I had been working, every, all of my jobs were in downtown St. Pete. Everywhere I worked was downtown St. Pete and saw the cycle go through. And it had a lot to do with the real estate market and the nation's economy. Like a recession, a, rece- a recession has a lot of really bad things to it. But what a recession allows happen is that people who could not afford to have little businesses in certain locations now could because the landlords were desperate to rent them out. Um, and I think it was Leslie Curran that had set something up in the, uh, in the aughts that uh, with the Chrislip Arcade mm-hmm. and all that, where, block, yep. where all these businesses could rent space at a very reasonable rate to sort of restore that block. So in a way, St. Pete has taken um, what lemons and made lemonade out of it in, in establishing a, a personality because it was, I mean, just using people's people's bad economic situation for the best. That sounds terrible. I hope we don't have to do that again. But yeah, but I hope yeah. that, you know, I mean, I, I, you must hear too how people talk about how the city has changed because there's things that people don't like about the changes in the city, that there's too much or, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll complain a lot about First Avenue North and South right now and how much I hate driving on them, you know, and then, and then you know, how, oh, is there... There's a, so much change. I don't even recognize St. People. Blah, blah. Is there a, a personality of St. Pete? Like, do you see that there's a sensibility, a St. Pete sensibility, a St. Pete, Pete way? You know, I mean, you're more imbued in, in being able to see it like over decades. Uh, and I think we've, we've grown into that personality. So I, I think that, you know, there's definitely a St. Pete the vibe. party personality? <laughs> well, yeah, basically. Um, you know, but, you know, not just the party personality, but the, the fact that, that, you know, we have become this amazing uh, artistic community um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not just for, you know, the visual arts, but for also for music and for other nonprofits. And so we've become this cool, hip town. And it's almost like we have, we're split personality, though, because you, you, you see that personality of you know the local vibe, but then also there's the other personality of you know the million dollar condos that have come that are coming into the and, city and that are empty half the time because people just have them for vacation homes. And well, yeah, <laughs> but that's but that's been St. Pete's history. That's true. Actually, I mean, that's that, true. Since yeah, day one, that's been St. It's Pete's just on history. a bigger level. But yeah, exactly. that's right. That's it, true. That's it, thank you for that perspective. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, the the growth that ha- has definitely happened, and and I, and I guess what people have to realize. And listen, I'm like everybody else. When I'm downtown and I'm driving around, and I can't find a parking space. I'm like. Cursing like everyone. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but, you know, what's the alternative? To park wherever you want, whenever you want, because right. there's nothing going on downtown. Right. So, you know, there's, there's. I have a fundraising idea for you. Okay. <laughs> that every year you get to auction off a special pass that lets somebody park wherever they want, whenever they want. One car in downtown. Oh, I'm calling Mary Welch <laughs> as soon as we get back. That's a great idea. That's a I was great like, I would idea. pay for that. <laughs> Nobody steal that. That's ours. I know. Right? <laughs> That's right. I own it. TM. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, we're almost out of time, and I have like 90 million more questions to ask you. So, what what's up at the museum right now? What if someone were so excited about our conversation, which they should be, and they're like, oh, I'm going to the museum this weekend. Except you're probably closed on Labor Day. Oh no, of course not. Ah, we're boom. always open. Always open. What what 
what would you like to direct people's attention to right now? So here, here is the thing, because I didn't realize this, that there are so many people that have moved here like in the last five years. And I, I go and talk to different neighborhood associations and civic groups, and I talk to people, and I'm like, you know, well, we've been here for, you know, we moved here like four years ago, five years ago. No one really knows our history. And, and so we sat down and talked about this, and we have an, an exhibit that is our, our main gallery called Building the Sunshine City. And it talks about the growth of St. Petersburg from the days of being, you know, a citrus grove to Mm -hmm. probably the 1940s, 50s. Um, People will get a true understanding of where we came from. So they'll see the craziness of the 1920s and the growth of the 1920s. Because if you drive downtown now, right, there's cranes on every corner Mm -hmm. because of everything that's being built. We have photos of, you know, 1924, 1925 St. Petersburg, same exact thing. Towers and cranes, right? So they 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 can experience that and how we got to where we are today by mm-hmm. traveling through that exhibit. Um, I remember when I uh, first came to St. Pete, uh, and I think the building has been moved to the Pioneer Village, but there was still like the it was a liquor store at the time, but of there was still it was. <laughs> it was a super old building mm-hmm. there. I mean, I I. You know, my memories of, because um, I came to Florida to go to Ecker College. Okay. So I was 17 when I got here and didn't really know downtown that much, and but had glimpses of it. And so I have these sort of foggy glimpses of downtown for, you know, the first, first many years uh, and how much it's changed. Are there certain, um, and I know this is not the under the museum's purview, but are there certain buildings or places right now that are historic in St. Pete that are not safe, that are not going to, um, that maybe need uh, some advocacies for it? The, this has always been an, a hard subject, not just for us, but for the city. Because, um, you know, when, when you drive around downtown, like near the USF area, so, I mean, that, that's where I grew up, on the outskirts of Rosa Park. And I have two buildings that have been moved into my neighborhood from the USF area. So that, right. the, that neighborhood was filled with these amazing 1920s structures, right, that were, you know, either single family or multiple family homes. Um, and, you know, it's true. I mean, not every building needs to be saved because not every building should be saved, right? right? Um, but I, I do think that we probably should have done a little better job um, identifying those buildings. And I'm, I'm happy to say that that's happening now. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the development now, um, and, and I think people don't realize that, you know, uh, under, you know, the, the, the city rulings that there are, you know, there's a fund that developers have to pay into to help restore, develop, that type mm-hmm. of thing, historic structures. Um, and uh, I, I think that for the most part, downtown, um, like for instance, the, the the house on 4th Avenue just got moved to the Round Lake neighborhood mm-hmm. um, that was built in the late 1800s. So that house was saved and they actually, you know, it was a half a million dollars to move this house, what, six blocks, seven blocks, whatever right. it was, right? But, you know, it was worth it because you got to save our history. Um, the late Dr. Bill Heller from USF, I mean, if it wasn't for him, oh my God, he is <laughs> Such my a hero. hero. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he personally saved um, John Williams' mansion and Perry Snell's first mansion mm-hmm. and moved him to the USF property, you know, force USF to give up the land and pay for the moving and, <laughs> you know, and luckily that the, I know the university just uh, qualified for a grant to help restore the William structure. So there are people out there who, who care and are doing the right thing. And I think now it's not like the craziness of let's knock everything down and build stuff. I think now people are realizing the importance of our history. So they're, they're identifying more of those structures. I feel like the piano man building destruction broke me. Um, that was terrible. And then, I don't know if you remember, but up on 4th Street, there used to be a motel up around the um, the 70s, and the motel was very plain, but their whole back 
yard, their pool area was uh, supposed to be a Roman Roman villa, ruins of a Roman oh, villa. I can't remember the name we of it. Exactly yeah, we used to sneak in there and, and party really late at night. <laughs> like that stuff. Of course, you know, no one's going to save that. But it was like right. the fun parts of St. Pete that I hope get documented. I hope somebody out there has photos of that crazy Roman pool area. And that can be part of what... And if they is. do, send them to us. So that's, that's what, what we do. Well, that's what I wanted to ask because we're now way over time. <laughs> but if someone has St. Pete history... How do they get, how, what's the best way to get in touch with the museum? Who's the right, who are the right people at the museum to start the conversation for them to say, look, I have, you know, like, okay, so I've got globe, I've got, you know, I've got some, a few globe things. Of course, nobody mm-hmm. needs that much stuff from it, but maybe a picture or, or, sure. or something you might sure, want. Sure. So how do I say, hey, I have this, it's part of the history of, of St. Pete. How do I, how do I know if it's worthy of being kept? How do I know, who do I contact and what's the best way to do that? I mean, they can either contact me, they can con- contact Nevin Sittler, our, our curator and historian. They can contact Jesse Breckenridge, our archivist and collections manager. Uh, and, and we get those calls a lot, but we don't get them enough because people People sometimes think that nobody wants this and they'll throw it out. Right. When I look at it and go, oh my gosh, no, give it to us. So right? like I have an old Moss Brothers credit card. <laughs> you know, like I don't know if that's Hand it over. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. Those, you know, those like, and I'll get a quickly, quick story. The Doc Webb house, mm-hmm. right? So it, there was a huge argument whether or not to knock it down and the developer bought it and they were going to knock it down. And I called and called and called and called the builder, wouldn't return my phone call. Finally, I just left a message saying, listen, I, I'm, I'm not here to discuss anything about what whether you should knock it down but if you do how do i get some of the pieces of that house to save to add to the doc web web city collection mm-hmm. and he called me right away huh. and so that that i mean those right. are the type of things that you know we know things are going to change and you'd be surprised what we get um i mean we were we were just gifted an amazing collection um and we haven't even announced this yet but of uh an artist, husband and wife team that came to St. Peter's in the 1920s and it was literally sitting in boxes in someone's house. And this is not just their art, but this is their original drawings or pencil drawings or right. their, you know, all their, their letters when they were in Paris. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Talk about being the art archival yeah. archivist. You know, of and, but people Pete. have that stuff in their homes and call us. Right. We'd love so it. So call us. And is there a place on the website for more information yep. about that? HistoryStPete.org. All they have to do is go on the website. They can contact any of us. There's an actual archives uh, tab they can go to and click on it and you go right to the page. Oh, and there you go. That's so wonderful. That is really great. So um, so the website is, uh, it's pretty obvious of what the website is. It's S-P-M-O-H, St. Pete Museum of History. That's our old one. Oh, but okay. still go, you'll still still get to it. it okay. It's now historystpete.org. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because that's that goes better with your all your social media. Sure. So, oh, okay. Hmm, interesting. So history st history historystpete.org. historystpete.org. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Yeah, because this website to come, which is weird. So, um so historystpete.org and uh and the museum is open every day. From 10 to 5, Sundays, noon to 5. <laughs> Glad you let people sleep in. Yes. Uh, and then you have the uh, happy hour with the historians are on Thursdays. Second Thursday of each month. Of every month. So uh, this month it's Rachel Sanderson, uh, who's going to be talking about La Florida. Uh, and then you got Rick Vaughn coming up, Brandy Stark, Niles Lofner. Lochner. Lochner. And I didn't know that's how he pronounced it until he told me that he's the grandson <laughs> of the person who built the Vinoy. <gasps> wow, I love the Vinoy. Mm-hmm. I love the Vinoy. Uh, and then, 
and then cocktails for the courts. Again, a vintage Florida celebration. It's Saturday, September 24th uh, from 7 to 10 p.m. at the St. Pete uh, Shuffleboard Club. So thank you so much for oh my coming gosh, in. No, thank you very much for it's having so us. so great. We had all this breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when uh, please do come back uh, and bring, bring, bring your curators uh, when the art archive starts really rolling out because I really feel like, you know, I mean, I can think of, you know, people like Lance Rogers mm-hmm. and, um, and there was this young, this man named Malcolm, whose last name left me, who, who diligently, um, uh, took pictures and, uh, of every single piece of public art probably for 20 years. Uh, and he would make up bike maps for people. So before there was anybody thinking about doing bike tours, Malcolm was setting up bike tours of oh, public wow. art. And I, and sadly, he uh, died about 10 years ago, but I think I have some of his stuff that I would like to share because he really documented. That'd be great. And he was a big part of Beau Arts and, okay. and that whole thing. Oh, I remember so, Beau Arts. Yeah, yeah. so oh, yeah, yeah, I know, Beau Arts. <laughs> it was a different town at the time. I it don't was. think Beau Arts would make it now, which is very, yeah, that saddens me, but it was a different, different time. Thank you so much, Rui. Thank you so much for having me. So thanks me. for coming in. And stay tuned, dear listener. I have a couple announcements and everything for you, but let's um, let's listen to er, this song. <laughs>
Strictly Roots. <laughs> I love that song. Hey, thanks for listening. What a fun interview that was. All wonderful people around us. I want to say hi to Kelly and Duran, who both have great stories about the Vinoy. Uh, oh, God, we only have a minute left, but I want to say this. is um, Duran writes uh, that she was doing a photo shoot at the Vinoy and ran across the grandson of the builder of the Vinoy on the croquet court. He had some menial job at the hotel just to carry on the tradition. That is wonderful. And so thanks to everybody writing in. I'm not sure if I can get everybody in there. E-Love is back and she has some wonderful music to play for you. A wonderful afternoon of music followed by, of course, the live music showcase. And then we get into uh, good fun music from Reverend Billy and um, Marvelous Mark reaching into the roots of rock and roll. After that, you can hear the uh, Soul Party is on at 6 o'clock with classic soul and R&B, followed by the Da Soul Kitchen, which is a great show that has all sorts of rhythm-based music. just a fun, wonderful Friday afternoon soundtrack. And we always end Fridays with Flashback Friday, and that is uh, rock and roll, uh, roots of rock and roll. Uh, and it just is, I mean, not roots of rock and roll, it's Florida R&B, Florida soul. So all this stuff here on 88.5 WMNF. So thank you for being part of this. Thank you for being out um, with us uh, today. Stay tuned for E-Love. The NPR News is on at 101 and we'll be back next Friday with more fun and hijinks for you. If you want to ever get in touch with me, Joe Ellen, J-O-E-L-L-E-N, Joe Ellen at WMNF.org. You are listening to WMNF, the best little station in the nation. Thank you for being out there. WMNF Tampa, happy Labor Day, happy weekend. Take good care of yourself. Take good care of others. Bye now. Ashes to the ground, all my feelings, they would drown. But they never did ever live down.